What's that? This is a refreshing mint tea on ice. I drink it daily because studies show that it can help reduce elevated testosterone and as a result help me manage PCOS symptoms like acne, mood, hair loss. My other favorite flavor is their electric turmeric, which helps with immunity while providing anti-inflammatory support. Great for PCOS. It's also blended with ginger, which is great for digestion, and cinnamon to help support healthy blood sugar and combat cravings. But... I don't see a tea bag in it. That's right. Peak delivers concentrated antioxidants and plant nutrients that are extracted with cold brew crystallization, so I don't need a tea bag. I can easily just pour it into hot or cold water. There's no prep or brewing necessary, and for something I plan to consume every day, I want to ensure that it's pure too. Studies show that those other fancy tea bags leak billions of microplastics into your tea. Peak has been triple toxin screened for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold they make it super accessible to get effective and pure tea wow that's amazing let me try some sure head over to peaktea.com forward slash sister spelled p-i-q-u-e-t-e-a and use our code the sisterhood one word to get five percent off your first order all right babe let's take a moment to correct our posture take a deep breath and have some pure spectrum cbd sure Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Welcome to A Sister and Her Mister, a podcast where we show you the real behind the scenes of how we balance the PCOS lifestyle in our marriage, gluten and dairy free. I'm Talene, your fellow sister and registered dietitian. And I'm Sirak, husband, engineer, and PCOS personal trainer. We're gonna make PCOS a little less overwhelming and a lot more fun. Welcome, welcome, sisters. Hey, sisters. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about vegetarian slash vegan diet for PCOS, pros and cons. Is it right for you? Vice versa. Any other magical words I can say to make it sound <laughs> pleasant, but we're <laughs> we, going to get into it. We get a lot of DMs about vegetarian diets and, you know, people ask us if we cater to the vegetarian diet in the sisterhood and so on. So we want to talk all about our stance on the vegetarian diet, the pros and cons and all mm -hmm. the fun things yes. about being a vegetarian. Definitely. But first, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been leaving reviews on our podcast. Oh, yeah. We really appreciate it. So many positive feedback in it. Like, honestly, when we first wake up in the mornings, yeah. we actually open up the podcast, like usually on a Tuesday because Monday is a new episode and we open it up on Tuesday to see like, how people liked it, the feedback, the reviews. And like, it's literally, we sit up in bed like children <laughs> at eight in the Christmas morning. Christmas day. Yeah. Reading the reviews and like telling each other, oh my God, it's so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice to know that we can impact people so positively. It really makes doing this podcast so worthwhile. And we get so excited when we sit here to make a podcast for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So we actually wanted to do something uh, a little fun right now. Um, there's like this trend, I guess, on social media where um, people are, are asking, you know, their followers, what are your assumptions about us? And then you kind of like uh, 
read them and then say if it's true or not. So we did that on Instagram a few days ago. Talia asked, like, what are your assumptions about us? Why don't you read them, babe? Okay, I'm going to read my favorite one first. This is by Abby Jacobo. She says, he secretly hates the eating lifestyle. <laughs> I was cracking up when Ima- I read Like this. the gluten and dairy-free lifestyle, yeah. right? Imagine. Imagine I hated it and Imagine. I was just like lying about it this whole time too. A year and a half of marriage later, you, you break and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Give me a cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been basically like 90, 95% gluten dairy-free the year and a half that we've been yeah. married imagine i was like secretly hating it and i was just like writing in my diary she, she's giving me chickpeas again <laughs> chickpeas <laughs> this gluten-free bread is too small <laughs> no that, my cooking's good it's i think it was probably a joke but that's a great joke and I love it. honestly I, I i love being gluten dairy-free because i know like the benefits it's, it's helping me even though i don't have pcs <laughs> all right so then there's another one she says Rachel Winnie, sorry, you've both always been healthy. Have we both always been healthy? I think um, maybe true for a while for me. Like I I started becoming like healthy around the age of like 19 and I'm like 29 now. So for 10 years. But I would say up until I was like 18, 19, I was not that healthy. Like I was eating. Same. You know, I was like eating out like, you know, um, takeout from like fast food places and like eating different food because I was like young, you know, busy schedule yeah. with school and all this crazy stuff and like your metabolism's great at 18 usually and, yeah and i didn't know a lot of stuff that i know now like a lot of stuff that i know now i learned from podcasts that i've been uh, listening to for the last 10 years like joe rogan experience and so much more and that's how i became healthy what about you babe when did you what what, what year do you think you started becoming healthy I think I always ate generally healthy because we had Armenian food, you know, growing up and so did you. But we didn't really buy junk food. There Mm. was one point, I think like um, maybe it was like in middle school or something like we did. I bought like Oreos and like um, ice cream and things like that. I remember having that in the kitchen and Mm -hmm. starting to like get an addiction towards it yeah and then that was temporary though like i don't remember having a complete like phase of eating super unhealthy would you say Um, maybe when you start to figure out things for your pcos would you say that then well yeah once i started figuring out what's right for my body having pcos i realized that the way i was eating Mm -hmm. wasn't right for me and so i guess that's considered like unhealthy for me like having gluten and dairy and um, you know, like we used to eat like cereal and milk and that's just like a bowl of gluten and dairy and, and then, sugar and, all and that stuff. sugar and like everything that's bad for PCOS. So, I mean, for some people, so, you know, there was that, but I never, I was, um, never like into fast food generally. Like okay. So you've been healthy for most of your life. Okay. Sorry. I just, sorry. Like, it looks like Colleen that. has been healthy all <laughs> her life. I was like trying to get to the details. Like, but what about your PCOS? But what about this? Yeah. But there's I a, there's a response to everything. It seems. No, 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 no. There's a response to everything. It seems. I thought it was healthy. <laughs> it was healthy. Armenian food. Yeah. No, it's it's homemade food. Other homemade people f- think it's healthy. You know what I mean? For real. For sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Let's move on. What's uh, what, uh, said, Let's move on to some other assumptions. You look good together and your husband's voice is kind of cute and so motivational. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's cute. I know about kind of. I think it's really cute. Oh, God. <laughs> your best friends this is true i would say so yeah i mean we're with with each other day and night and like we get along 99.9 percent of the time yeah what's okay. that point one <laughs> you know exactly what that point one is. okay um 
Let's see. I mean, they're all pretty much the same. Everyone's saying all these cute things. You both look great. Um, you guys are cute. Didn't someone say you wear the pants in the house? Oh yeah. How dare you? I don't wear the pants. I'm like that 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 who's that fifteen year old girl who was um getting mad at the political leaders for uh, climate change? Oh yeah. Grizza. How dare you? No, I mean it's fifty-fifty. It's a lot of work to wear the pants. Yeah, and be in charge. All I would the time. say I would say we're fifty-fifty on that. Yeah, I don't think in any instance in the past year and a half of marriage, it's been not fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, it's been pretty much we're like we always consult each other on like big decisions and things yeah. like that. And you know, the bottom line, like you want your partner to be happy. Um, the Mister is Indian. No, we're actually Armenian. Uh, I know. I I guess I kind of like Indian, but no, we're Armenian. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's you guys we're, were very Hispanic. proud to be Armenian. No, we're Armenian. Um, you secretly eat lots of ice cream. Hmm. Maybe when we were on our honeymoon, we were eating like ice cream we for were, dessert yeah. with every dinner. But I would say like it's not that often, especially like considering summer, how hot it was. We did not have ice cream at all, it seems. Like, maybe once a month. Sometimes when guests came over, they brought some ice cream, yeah. regular and dairy-free. And then that would, like, our freezer is small, and that would, like, take over our freezer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like usually we like to eat ice cream, like, when we're out, you know. Yeah. Not really at home. Like, we like to eat it when we're, like, trying to enjoy, like, a view or something, like, yeah, a you're, dinner. Yeah, like, doing something. You want to try some delicious flavor. We haven't done that in a long time. Like, we haven't ate out at a restaurant since March. Yeah. Other people are doing it. We haven't even got takeout. No oh. joke. No takeout. No. Uh, we did takeout one time and we regretted it because the food was freezing, freezing by the time we got home. And yeah, like since March, we've only got takeout one time and not been to a restaurant. And it's been super hard. I mean, more harder on Tallinn because <laughs> she's cooking every day. Every God day. bless your soul. And my a love. new meal every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had fish tacos last night. It was bomb. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to the. Enough rambling. The itty gritty. Vegetarian diet. The nitty gritty. Nitty gritty, yes. We're going to go into the vegetarian, vegan diet, what you came here to listen about. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to first give a disclaimer, though. Yes. Um, So if you're a vegetarian or vegan um, because of religious reasons or for the reasons of, like, you know, animal cruelty and things like that, we just want to say we completely respect your decision. And what we may say in this podcast may not matter to you, and we completely understand and respect that. Like, you know, if you're doing it for religious and uh, religious reasons and animal cruelty, totally understand. Um, and if it works for you, we totally understand. Like, we're not trying to push anything on anyone. We absolutely. just want to give the information, and then you can make the right decision for your body. Absolutely. So let's start with what is a vegetarian diet, babe? So this eliminates all meat products like cow, lamb, fish, and focuses focuses on plant sources such as fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts. You know, all of this has some protein in it and yeah. seeds and legumes. So it's, you know, a very nutrient-dense diet if you do it, you know, a, in a mindful way. So that's like the basically the, yeah, the not too complicated. Yeah, slash out the meat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. No, no animal, uh, no meat products, things like that. Yeah. Is is veganism when they take out all the animal products like dairy yes. and like things like that? Yeah. So that's the difference, right? Vegetarian, you take out the meat, mm-hmm. and then with vegan, you take out all the animal products, right. including the dairy, like milk and things milk like and that. cheese. Okay, yeah, makes sense. 
So there are some health benefits right. to um, being on the vegetarian diet. And then there are some concerns for women with PCOS. Let's start with the health benefits. Babe. Sure. So if you're eating a balanced vegetarian diet, you're probably getting lots of nutrients like vitamin B6, mm-hmm. vitamin C, folate, potassium, magnesium, phosphorus, beta carotene and fiber, lots of fiber. You know, this is a really nutrient dense diet. If you make sure that you're not um, leaning towards carbs and processed foods, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, manufacture like things that come from a box versus eating things that are whole foods. Yeah. So if you're having whole foods, you're going to get lots of great nutrients in your body, which yeah. is great to like replenish the minerals that you lose maybe when you take metformin or when you take birth control. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wonderful. And it's, and it's also good for like heart health, you know, because of all the nutrients that Tali mentioned, as well as you're not having, you know, maybe like a, a abundant amount of like meat meats and things that, that could, you know, contribute to cholesterol and things like that. So as a result, like your, your heart health is better. Um, same thing with blood pressure. Uh, there's even like studies showing that it can it can reduce cancer risk for some people. And uh, not to mention, there's a lot, a lot of like ethical benefits, right? Like it's great for the environment in a lot of cases, and um, it's it's great for animals. You know, animal we're, we're reducing animal cruelty when people are becoming vegetarians and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there are you know benefits there as well. Yeah, lots of people say that they feel great on a vegetarian diet, but there are some concerns for women who have PCOS and go on a vegetarian diet. Yeah. So some of them include um, eating a lot of soy. Like soy is rich in protein for Mm -hmm. vegetarians, but many women with PCOS have a sensitivity to it. And so in addition, most soy contains GMOs, which can be endocrine disruptors, not very good for your hormones. Mm -hmm. And if you have soy, you know, you want to make sure that you're choosing soy that's not processed and it's non-GMO. And it's kind of hard to come across that, but you have to be careful with um, soy Mm -hmm. because that's often what the, you know, those fake products that they make that are like high in protein for vegetarian. Yeah, like that, right? yeah, it's usually made of soy. Yeah. So if you do like a vegetarian diet, you want to make sure that like you're not basing the protein all around soy and tofu and things like that. Tom right. mentioned, you know, um, women with PCOS have a sense. Some women have a sensitivity to it. So you want to be mindful if yeah. you do choose to yeah. eat this. Okay. And also many women feel better eating more protein. So protein from meat and fish because grains, although, you know, they have protein in it. And when you're vegetarian, you lean towards grains for your protein. It might be a lot of carbs for you and it could increase your blood sugar and insulin levels. Yeah. I feel like this is really important. We should highlight this aspect. So like when it be the first concern. (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes to PCOS, um, you know, one of the things like one of the most important things that we recommend is having a high protein to carb ratio. And a lot of other doctors, you know, like Dr. Nadia Paraguana and many other doctors we've had on agree with this, you know, high protein to carb ratio because, you know, we, we need to console the insulin. We need to uh, um, help heal the insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So when you have a vegetarian diet and you're eating all these, you know, grains and um, carbs, you're looking for basically protein in there. Right. So like you're going to have beans, you're going to have um chickpeas all these different things that have protein but they all come with carbs so like the amount you're raising your protein is not going to be that much higher than the carbs yeah so that ratio is going to be too close 
Exactly. So when you're tracking your carb tolerance, it's going to be hard to um, reduce your carb intake and get enough protein at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you might have to resort to the processed like products that provide more protein and that might not be ideal. Yeah. You might have to have um, lots of protein shakes to counter how much carbs you're having. Yeah. Um, so it's sometimes it's really challenging for this like carb and protein ratio. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it would be crucial for a lot of people to kind of supplement with a protein powder yeah. here because again, it's going to be hard to have that high ratio. Exactly. Okay. Um, another concern so 40% of women with PCOS have IBS mm -hmm. and that makes it hard to digest foods like beans and other high fiber foods um, because it causes like bloating and gastric upset. So a lot of women, you know, raise your hand if you're listening and you have IBS. This is very common. 40% of sisters and eating all that fiber can really be distressful. I wonder how many women just raised their hands while like in the office or at home <laughs> like they're like yes yes that's me and then their colleague just looked at them why are you raising your hand right now just listening to a pcos podcast yeah it was yeah. very interesting so yeah it's if very, you're yeah. If, like tanya said it's, it's very important to consider that like if you have ibs it's going to be hard to digest foods like like beans and like these like grains and things like that mm -hmm. yeah because the gut lining is not very strong like when you have ibs and PCOS in general, a lot of times um, the gut lining is struggling. You know how I explain how like gluten gets through the gut lining, the mm -hmm. tight junctions loosen up and, you know, causing bloating and gas and all of these issues. Um, and so, yeah, eating grains in general. I remember Dr. William Davis had said this yeah. on the podcast. Grains in general, like not just gluten alone, grains can cause that gastric upset when you're not able to digest them. So you have yeah. to be mindful of your body and to see if this is working for you, you oh, know? Yeah. not just doing it because it sounds healthy. Yeah. And there's also a lot of things he mentioned about grains, like the cons of it. So I, I really... Uh, I would implore any sister listening right now to listen to that episode if you haven't already. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just a couple episodes ago. It's called uh, PCOS and Wheat with Dr. Uh, Dr. Davis. So mm -hmm. check that episode out and you can learn about some of the pros and cons of grains and things like that too. Yes. And then, you know, um, another concern when you're doing the vegetarian or, or vegan diet is there's a lot of nutrients lacking. So for example, in like a, in like a traditional vegetarian diet, uh, usually some of the nutrients that are lacking are B12, omega-3 fats, uh, calcium, and zinc. And, and like a couple of other ones, but these are the main ones that are usually missing in many vegetarian diets because you're not having meats. So like omega-3 fats are usually found in like fish, things like that. And then like B12 is found in meat. And these are like really important for energy levels as well as like recovery of the muscles and things like that. And hormonal production. Yeah. These are really important nutrients for your hormones. Absolutely. So supplementing is really important. Yeah. So if you if you're a veg, if you're a vegetarian, just uh, it might be really important for you to get your blood work done. Make sure that your levels are all balanced, and if not, then definitely try supplementing, um, especially with these ones right here. If you know that you're low low in those. That's right. And then you know uh, we also want to mention that there is you know a lot of like herbicides and per pesticides that are used with obviously greens and plants and things like that 
So you just want to be be careful where you're getting your food from, right? You want to make sure it's organic. You want to make sure they're coming from farms that are not using like a crazy amount of pesticides. You know, I, I got to say, I have started a farm on our patio <laughs> and I am seeing how hard it is to yeah. grow kale and things without, without spraying. It's insane. Like I have all these organic sprays, but they're barely working. Like they're barely doing the job. I literally had to buy ladybugs to help with the aphid infestation and like it's i think it's going okay it seems like the ladybugs are doing their thing but i don't know like I we'll still see. see aphids yeah i think we have to wait till they like uh, plant their eggs and stuff like oh. that and i mean the larva um but anyways Christ. so yeah like it's it's difficult to grow greens without pesticides and herbicides and things like that so you want to make sure that you're not getting um uh, what is exposure to these over a long-term period because that can just contribute to other illnesses and things. So just make sure they're coming from good sources. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, oh, lastly, mm -hmm. um, for pregnant women, it's like it's very important to make sure that you pay a lot of attention to your diet when you're pregnant or when you're lactating. So we're just saying um, if you're pregnant or lactating, consult with a doctor to make sure that everything is okay with your with the uh, you know nutrient levels and things like right. that because you know it's, it's very important in the, in the development of a baby for them to get everything that they yeah. need so we're not saying that you can't do it we're just saying you always need to consult with a doctor with any diet yeah make sure you get the right supplements and you're you know supervised and doing this with someone yeah. who is experienced exactly so the bottom line babe What's the bottom line with this vegetarian? The line that goes on the bottom. <laughs> there is no one size fits all diet that works best for everyone with PCOS. Mm -hmm. It has to be right for you. So if vegetarian is making you feel good, go for it. But mm -hmm. if it's not, then consider changing, consider adapting and figuring out what might work better for you. In our experience, the majority of women feel better women with PCOS feel better eating meat from proteins like, you know, cow or fish or poultry mm -hmm. and like organic pasture raised, of course, minimally processed. Yeah. So that's what we've seen with our, you know, community. Yeah. And just so like you don't think we're biased either, like there is no one size fit diet for everybody. And the same thing uh, goes for gluten dairy free. Like it doesn't work for, it may not work for every single person. Right. So, but that's why like it's worth trying these different things to see if it's right for you. So, I mean, like with the vegetarian diet, the same thing, same thing applies. Like there's no one size fits all. Um, it may work for some, it may not work for others. So yeah, just like consider that in your experience when, tr when trying things out. Yeah. I did find one study that was done on PCOS women. Oh, there was a study done with yeah. PCOS and vegetarian diet. Yes. Okay, this is great. I love it. 62 non-vegetarian women with PCOS from a place in India called Srinagar, Srinagar and 82 vegetarian PCOS women from Delhi were studied in this um, research. Mm -hmm. And they concluded that vegetarian women with PCOS had significantly higher levels of C-reactive protein and resistant, which are inflammatory markers, mm -hmm. and lower levels of anti-inflammatory adiponectin. So that's not ideal, like having more inflammation. Yeah. And then it said, however, their creatinine... Creatinine? Creatinine. Creatinine. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? Because you say creatine, right? For creatine. Oh. So if it has the N-E, creatinine. Okay. 
creatinine, I don't know, I'll triglycerides do and LDL cholesterol levels were higher than the non-vegetarian PCOS women. What that means. So the women who were not vegetarian, their LDL and cholesterol were higher. But the women who were vegetarian had more inflammation. So, of course, the study isn't super conclusive because it's not being done on a global level. And, you know, it's just one study. But it was just interesting to see that the women with PCOS who were vegetarian had more inflammation Mm -hmm. being vegetarian. Yeah. So a little shocking. I just I wanted to mention this one study that's been done on women with PCOS. That's very interesting. I mean, and then the people who uh, were doing non-vegetarian, I mean, their cholesterol levels, triglycerides were higher. But yeah. it's, it'll be interesting to see, like, is it so much higher that it makes up for the less inflammation or vice versa? Like, you know, there's yeah. like a, yeah, there needs to be more research done oh, on this yeah. to know, like, if you're eating meat with PCOS, is it like how much worse or how much better is it than someone who's not doing that with vegetarian diet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read through the study and I was like, okay, this is like, some information but not conclusive but at yeah. least they're starting to do some research on women with pcos yeah so. but it just like I, I guess one thing to take away is that possibly with vegetarian diet some some women have uh, more inflammation could mm-hmm. be you know could be due could to be those the reasons carbs, could be yeah you know, some anything. of the nutrients that are missing yeah. but yeah as Tali mentioned there needs to be like more research done on this to make it more clear yes so we have some tips for sisters who are choosing to be vegetarian or eat more plant-based And we want to go through some of them Mm -hmm. so that we feel like we're supporting you guys in case you want to be vegetarian. So the first tip is to eat the good carbs, the carbs that have lots of protein in them. So if you're going to choose something, choose beans and or quinoa and try to avoid processed white carbs like bread. Mm -hmm. So that's our first tip. The second tip is to supplement. So you want to yeah. make sure that you're supplementing all these nutrients that Sirak had mentioned that you might not have. Yeah, so. like B12, omega-3. Uh, there's even choline. Mm-hmm. You can like consult your doctor to like maybe, maybe get like some blood work done, see where like uh, what's missing and what's not missing, and then you can like supplement accordingly. Right. You also want to pair meals with fat. This will help with insulin resistance. Of course, it's going to slow down your body's absorption of the carbs into your bloodstream. And so this is so ideal because the slower it goes into your bloodstream, the less it's going to bombard your cells and cause insulin resistance. So it's great to pair some fat with your meals. You know, you can add olive oil to your meal or avocado or hummus. Um, things like this will help slow down the absorption of carbs into your bloodstream and also keep you fuller longer. Mm-hmm. You know, the more fat you put oh, yeah. on something. Especially like avocado. It always helps oh, yeah. keep me fuller and goes great with like every meal. I mean, come every on. Every meal. Come on, avocado. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. The fourth one. Mm-hmm. Adding fiber into each meal. So I know that we had mentioned like IBS, Um, in women with PCOS and this diet might be too fiberful. So add it slowly into, add these like vegetables and beans and stuff slowly into your diet because it might cause digestive upset Mm -hmm. and you, you might find that you're like bloated all the time. So Mm -hmm. you want to add in, you know, five grams of fiber a day more 
like each week, increase your fiber intake by five grams each day. Yeah. So until you reach like 30 grams a day, which is the ideal amount of fiber. Mm-hmm. And so, so if the, if like beans and stuff are causing digestive upset, but you still want to get some nutrients, chia seeds and flax seeds are a better choice because they're easier to digest yeah. than those intense grains and beans and stuff yeah and then wouldn't you say like the same thing applies to people who are non-vegetarian like you should have you should be having fiber every day make sure like your meals include fiber and you're getting this adequate amount every single day yeah exactly you want to get like 30 grams a day i feel like you know that's not too difficult to do it's just that sometimes when you have stomach upset stomach issues Mm -hmm. you you can't eat like 30 grams all of a sudden when you decide to like eat healthy. Like you have to add it in five grams per week, like at I a see. time, you know, I see. per day, per week. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did a little bit of research on like how to get your body to adapt to a high fiber diet. And that's what it said. Mm-hmm. So slowly add it to your diet week weekly if you're having stomach issues. Exactly. Interesting. Interest. Yeah. Okay. Next one is controlling carbs. Mm-hmm. So try to fill up on veggies instead of large portions of grains. So you can get also get most of your um, protein from low carb foods like chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, some non-GMO tofu. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you you know obviously like you want more protein. Yeah. But when you reach that capacity of carbs, because the protein is found in carbs, then start trying to fill up with veggies and seeds yeah and like try to add like if you're trying to get some protein and your only options are carbs then try to add some sort of like a supplement like a protein powder that um that will just give you that protein yeah protein powder is a great idea yeah you know it's low carb it's high in protein it's great and that goes into the next tip which is don't try to meet your protein needs with overly processed soy products so time talked about earlier how like too much soy um, can be an issue as well as, you know, there are a lot of like, you know, processed uh, stuff for um, soy, like mm-hmm. like uh, GMOs and things like that. So you want to make sure that you're not having too much of these products and instead finding other sources of protein, like protein powder. Um, Non-GMO firm tofu or edamame is a good option. Yeah. Do you like edamame? I do like it at like restaurants and stuff yeah. when they bring out those like beans and stuff and like salted or like garlic yeah. and like oh, spices Kore- and oily. I miss Korean barbecue so much. <gasps> See, that's one thing I'm not cooking, babe. <laughs> like, I am not going to. <laughs> not making edamame. Do all of that. Salted or garlic Jesus edamame. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, and then if you're if you're trying to include um uh, like like if you're trying to get protein and things like that, uh, you can still get it from things like chias or chia seeds, flax, hemp seeds, or mm-hmm. like you know like non-GMO tofu. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, um, I think Tom, you should say this one. Okay. Paying attention to how your body feels. Mm -hmm. So if you're really fatigued on a vegetarian diet, it might be because you're having a lot of carbs, you know, and if you feel like you're having a lot of cravings, that might be carbs as well. Mm -hmm. And so you're just if you're not satisfied, you know, pay attention to how your body feels and don't force yourself to do something that isn't working for you. Absolutely. Um, So this style of eating might not be for you. And some people feel better with animal protein and that's okay too. So Mm -hmm. you just have to figure out what works for your body. Exactly. And I'd like to conclude this section with that because (laughs) 
that is like the bottom line of everything. Yeah, it's like you you always have to try different things to see what's going to be right for you and what's not. And at the end of it, there's like if you try the vegetarian diet and it's not working for you, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work for anybody. Like you don't have to like hate that diet. And yeah. the same thing vice versa. Like if vegetarian diet works for you, then you don't have to hate a meat-based diet either. It's just that's what works for that person, that's what works for this person. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's funny because um not funny but like it's interesting because like veg there's a lot of like um bias or like there's like two groups with the vegetarian diet right like a lot of people are for it while some people aren't and you know there's obviously a, a middle like yeah it's working for some people and it's working for uh, it's not working for others like nothing is black and white so you always have to kind of like see what's happening and like try it for yourself if it may work honestly yeah personally this is just our personal belief we don't recommend it um for uh for, for like our patients and things like that because um of that you know we all the things we talked about as far as the protein to carb ratio nutrients that are missing that are important for recovery however mm-hmm. we respect everyone's decision to try it and see if it works for them and especially like if you're doing it for religious reasons or like for animal cruelty we completely respect your decision and, and totally understand that's why it's up to you exactly couldn't have said it better myself it's completely up to the person there's no like team vegetarian team anti-vegetarian yeah. it's all like whoever it works for it works for yeah and with that being said we actually asked you sisters we uh, asked uh, on instagram what has your experience been on the vegetarian diet and then we got some responses tell you want to read some of the responses sure So one of them, one of the sisters said, I love being vegetarian, but struggle to balance macros due to high carbs. Yeah. This was a pretty common message I Mm -hmm. was noticing in the sticker. Yeah. And that's one of the uh, topics we talked about is the high carbs. And uh, unfortunately, it can be difficult to get that the protein without having high carbs. Mm hmm. Another response, absolutely wreaked havoc on my stomach. Mm. This goes back to what we said about IBS. So, you know, 40% of women with PCOS have IBS and it could be really painful to eat all of this fiber and all of these grains on a vegetarian diet. So it could really wreak some havoc. Yeah. Yeah. And then next person said, I was a vegetarian, then vegan, and I had anxiety and was always hungry. Uh, the it makes sense like like the hunger could be could be due to like a lot of the carbs or mm-hmm. maybe perhaps you were having too little carbs could result with hunger or even not having enough protein when you don't have protein yeah. high protein with your breakfast you get hungry faster because the protein a lot of times will keep you uh, fuller for for a longer period of time yeah that blood sugar roller coaster that you go on um when you're eating a lot of carbs is can trigger anxiety mm-hmm. and i i would totally feel anxious if i was vegan because yeah. my blood sugar is like really sensitive if mm-hmm. i don't like do certain things that keeps it stable like eating protein working out things like that but um yeah i can totally imagine feeling anxiety yeah and the next person said i personally love it i'm full vegan well that's good for that person yeah. that, that it worked for them just like with any diet if it works for you that's good uh, and then the next one said, I've been vegetarian for six years now and, and it hasn't had any impact on my PCOS symptoms. That's great. Yeah. That's Sounds good. like she's not, you know, in a, in a super sensitive, like insulin resistant state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, didn't go so well. Felt exhausted or drained most of the time because of the high carbs. Yeah. And it caused maybe also because of the nutrients missing, things like the protein right. missing, things like that, like related to the other one that we read. Mm hmm. 
And then the last sister says, do you want to say this one? Sure. She says, amazing, less bloating, beautiful skin, and better energy. Well, that's then great for you, sister. it's working for you. Yeah, that's great for you, better sister. Better stick to it, girl. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess that concludes basically the topic on the vegetarian diet. We kind of read your responses, your experiences. We talked about um, uh, the pros and cons, our conclusion, as well as the tips to make a vegetarian diet PCOS friendly if that's what you choose. So we hope that was very helpful, but we're not done yet. We have the PCOS hotline. We're going to answer a question from the hotline. And today's message comes from... Hi, guys. Thank you so much for creating this hotline so that people like me can ask questions. Um, I'm still fairly new. I think I actually joined a day ago, <laughs> but I have been um, debating whether or not to go gluten-free and dairy-free for a long time, and only recently has it really started to affect my life in a very negative way. So um, I've decided that this is something that is good for me, but the reason it's been so hard for me to decide is because I'm a very avid home baker and gluten and dairy is something that's very important for a lot of recipes that I use. So I, my main question I think would be what sweeteners would you guys recommend um, as an alternative to sugar that wouldn't be a danger to insulin spiking, if, if that makes sense. Um, Cause I feel like with, with dairy and gluten, those are pretty easy to find alternatives for those in, in baking most of the time, but it's the sweeteners that tend to be a little bit harder, I would say, because honey is a liquid and sometimes liquid sweeteners aren't very good for certain recipes. And then stevia, you know, kind of has that odd taste in the background that uh, some people don't enjoy. So uh, if you guys could give me some tips on that, that would be very helpful. Thank you again. Great question. I think this Tyne, is great. This is a perfect question for you. I mean, honestly, so just because, you know, you have PCOS doesn't mean that you have to completely cut out all of the fun foods that have sugar in it. Mm -hmm. Of course, ideally, you're minimizing your sugar as much as possible on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But if you like to bake a sweet treat every so often, I think that, you know, having some is completely fine and it's a lifestyle. So you want to do what makes you happy. Now, personally, I cut the sugar of everything I bake in half. <laughs> That's why I'm not like a renowned baker in the family <laughs> or amongst my friends. But that's fine because hey, I have... I enjoy it. Thank you. I love them. Yes. <laughs> I have adapted my palate to a less sweet... You know what I mean? Like, I just don't crave that type of extremely sugary... Um, cake or cookie or whatever like i really enjoy it when it's not like slapping me in the, in the face with sugar mm -hmm. um because i've adapted to that like i've really honed in my insulin resistance and i'm okay with that so what i do is cut like half the sugar of every recipe <laughs> and then i also try to replace like white sugar with 
fruit so maybe like a banana bread or applesauce or mm. something like that to add its sweetness i i get creative i just try to find ways to like not have to put so much sugar into the um the dish or the pastry or whatever it is that you're baking and also adding like nuts things like that to help slow down its absorption in your bloodstream cooking yeah. with almond butter whatever peanut butter what do you can, th- what do you think about other alternatives like um like artificial sweeteners like stevia or like maybe, oh, yeah. or maybe even like brown sugar, things like that? Good question. So I don't replace sugar with artificial sweeteners. Like I don't think that they're any better than sugar. So in fact, you know, artificial sweeteners can make your body think you're eating something a million times sweeter than actual sugar and pump that insulin up because your body thinks you're eating something sweet and then make insulin resistance worse, even though it's not affecting your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So I've had patients who are are like addicted to sugar they move to um, artificial sweeteners and then this addiction for sugar gets so much worse so i've seen it before and obviously it's not everyone that this happens to but you know most of my patients who have had experience with artificial sweeteners this happened so i don't recommend like baking with it it doesn't even taste that good just yeah use i mean the sister was saying it gives yeah. like that chalky weird taste yeah it's like so weird it's like super super yeah. a million times sweeter than sugar so just replace it with fruit replace it with you know take out half of the sugar maybe it won't taste like it used to but yeah. that's my solution and, and also remember like um if you're you know following like a consistent lifestyle you can have fun and, and bake sweet things and things like that so great yeah live your life great well, great tips on baking, babe. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Sirak hates it when I bake something that's too sugary. Oh, yeah. Like, he will ask me how many grams of sugar are in this cookie. Yeah, in this one slice, how much? <laughs> and you don't tell me. Like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I want a nutrition label on what I eat. <laughs> Is that why you married me? Yes. Dietitian? Dietitian, yes. Because th- you thought your dinner would come with a nutrition label? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, so let's move on to the last uh, part of the uh, episode, which is the win of the week. If you're new, uh, we every week we announce uh, like a winner, a sister who's uh, taking a step with her PCOS journey, or maybe she's um, meeting her goals or her, um, you know, anything basically. So today we have, it looks like we have two winners for today, right? That's right. All right. Should I say the first one? Sure. All right. The first winner is Prakriti. Prakriti says, hi, Tallinn. I've been gluten and dairy free for two weeks now, and I've already lost two and a half kilograms. She says that's five and a half pounds. I'm so excited. I don't get cravings anymore, and I only eat when I'm hungry. Thank you for all your information. Awesome. I love this. This one. is really good. And I mean, she says I don't get cravings anymore, and I only eat when eat I'm hungry. When I'm hungry. I mean, it sounds like she's got control of that insulin resistance. Yes. Doing things to to help control it. We and talk about how gluten and dairy affect your hunger hormones. Oh yeah. And satiety hormones. And, you know, the fact this is why I chose this one, because she says I only eat when I'm hungry. Mm. And it's like a lot of sisters say that, like, they don't even feel hungry sometimes or sometimes they feel hungry all the time. It's Mm. just like this up and down mess. And it sounds like she has it under control by going gluten and dairy free. Yeah. Amazing. 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 The next one. Yes. Dolly Jacqueline says. Tallinn, exactly one month ago, my ovacetol arrived. Today, I got my first natural period. Wow. I hadn't had one since the end of July when I stopped taking birth control. I am trying my best to follow up with my gluten and dairy-free diet. Little mistakes here and there which have caused me not to lose weight yet, but I have not been gaining any weight either. Thank you so much for sticking with us sisters through this journey. Much love. 
amazing that's awesome this is crazy to me like we keep on reading messages like this where someone says i got my period after you know this much time and it's yeah it's crazy that like this is happening through natural supplements like ovacetol and diet and lifestyle change and Mm It's, 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 it's beautiful the, to hear. And I chose this one because she didn't actually lose weight yet, but she's still seeing good results with it and she's sticking to it and she's going to wait and layer in other lifestyle yeah. changes to see, um, you know, what's going to work for mm-hmm. her. She's not giving up. So I think that's an important message. Yes. Even, you know, while we're reading all these great wins. Yeah. And it's like uh, if you're feeling good, if there are things happening from the inside that's making you feel good. Like in this case, she got her uh, she got her first natural period. Like that, those are signs saying that like you know there's some positive things happening, and if you like continue, more and more things can happen. Exactly, it's awesome. Amazing, I love it. All right, this was a great episode. Yeah, this was fun, ladies. Yeah, it was fun. We even read the assumptions, which I, well, I wasn't even planning on reading those, but that was that was pretty <laughs> Whip fun. Put that out on you. <laughs> All righty, sisters. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 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 <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review if you enjoy this one, and we'll be back next week with another one. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Sisterhood.